When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this week's episode of the R&R Show is brought to you by Fun Again Games. And hello, Ruel, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, my friend. How's it going, Richard? Um, It's going okay, it's going okay. Uh, I had a very eventful week uh, so far. Actually, been an eventful few weeks. Ever since my wife started actually fundraising for the people of Ukraine by doing, um, you know, completely uh, zero-profit sales of her new Ukrainian line of Witwat, she has gotten so many orders. She is so overloaded. She's going to be working on this until probably mid or the end of April, trying to fulfill all the orders, because we did not expect the amazing outpouring of support that the board game... Um, populace at large was was willing to step up and help. We have raised, we don't have a final number yet, but we're getting close to $10,000 uh, in oh total. Gosh. And we've already sent on 8,000 of it. Um, and it's, it's. I just want to say a huge thank you. And I know Jen says the same to everybody out there. Um, I think we, we looked last night and she was down to only one last um, wit-wit for sale in her store. So by the time, if you go to ukraine.rado.com, it might be too late. They might all be gone. But, um, you know, just, just it's the thought that counts. And um, yeah, Jen's been working really hard. So have I. I have become a, uh, a production assembly line uh, mass shipper guy. Um, nice. I, I, I told you all the steps we have to go through. By the way, folks, did you know this is only half the show? Uh, in addition to the R&R show, which you're watching now on YouTube, there's a pre-show and a post-show that we stream live every week where we go into all kinds of stuff. Uh, dig deep, lots of reviews of games and uh, interesting uh, you know, background tidbits. Uh, we both got a little uh, verklempt as we were talking about a bit of trivia about me today in the pre-show. And in the post-show, yeah. who knows what's going to happen. So if you'd like to see more of this, you can hit that eye in the top right corner screen and go to the R&R Show Extended Edition, where everything goes. Um, but today, we are here to talk about 10 games. And what games are we going to be talking about, Ruel? We are going to be talking about the 10 games we'd buy right now. So, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks thanks to our sponsor, uh, Fun Game Games. Um, we've, they've got a big old sale happening right now. So, of course, we had to spend all night last night and a bunch of time this morning as well just going through everything that's going on there at Fun Again. And I think, well, at least from my standpoint, I've got games that I'm really excited about to talk about. And I know you've got some. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Games as well. I mean, they've yeah. got 400 games that are marked down up to 80% off. And so, really, yeah. what we did is we focused on. You click on this clean, screen clearance sale. You have 400 games to look through. So we figured, oh, let's help you out and tell you the 10 we would um, you know, uh, pony up for. And maybe you'll see some interesting stuff there yourself. And maybe you'll get lucky because one lucky viewer of this episode is going to get a $50 gift certificate for Funding and Games. It covers the games, covers the shipping. Um, you know, And uh, how do they win, Ruel? 
Well, Richard, what they do is what Jorgen We're so smooth. Watch this We're episode. just silky smooth. Look at us go. Uh, totally smooth. <laughs> watch this episode, and one of us is going to say the secret word during our list here. And what you're going to do is when you hear that secret word, which today for this episode is sister. Yes. S-I-S-T-E-R, your mm-hmm. sibling, your sister. Once you hear one of us say that, you're going to take note of the game that we're talking about, then send the name of that game over to a an email yes. to rot, contest at rotto.com. Mm-hmm. So not the word sister. But the game that we're talking about when we mention one of us mentions that word sister contest at rotten.com and you'll be entered to win that gift certificate from Fun Again Games. Yep, and uh, and we're gonna make a few suggestions from what you might want to uh, uh, spend it on. Okay, so I yeah. think that's it. We've got the uh, the particulars out of the way. We can start counting down. Um, so. Yeah. You, I mean, I had about 30 I could talk about. And we will talk about some more of them in the post-show. Again, for folks who would like to see the post-show, hit that I or follow the link down in the show notes. But, um, you know, it was tough getting it down to five, or getting it down to ten, and then getting it down to five, because we share this list. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, I had um, at least 20 uh, right off the mm-hmm. bat. But then I was like, oh, okay, so what do I want to focus on, or what do I want to highlight? So I picked some stuff. Well, you, you'll see. Well, you're going to see here uh, the reasons why I picked the ones I, I picked here. But uh, again, if you do hang out for the uh, post-show folks or the pre-show on Twitch, um, when we do this live, you can find out way more than oh, you yeah. get here on the uh, YouTube show. Yep. But okay. All right. Well, then, let's get going. Go. What's our number 10, Ruel? Our number 10 is, I'm going to start this, kick this off from a designer of well who is well-renowned. Number 10 is ah. The Hunger. Okay. Uh, this is from a Richard Garfield, who created this little game you might have heard of called Magic the Gathering. Also, some other games such as King of Tokyo. And this one here, now, I have not gotten a chance to play it yet. It came out last year, I think around Gen Con or so. And I do believe you have a run-through of it. Is yes, that I right? do. Or maybe... Okay. Uh, it's a deck building. It's from what I understand, it's like clank. It's got deck building. It's got a little bit of a race element to it because you are vampires, you know, doing your thing, doing your, you know, trying to stay away from people who want to stab you in the heart you know, with a wooden stake. And <laughs> you've got to do it before the sun comes up. So you go in, build your deck and get the heck out. Now, this is really on my mind because there's a, an expansion coming out real soon. Oh, really? I, I didn't know that. Though. Yeah, yeah, I just got an email from Renegade talking about um, there's an expansion. I don't know when it's going to come out, but that's why, um, you know, it's on my mind. Um, I really want to hear more about your experience with this. Sure. Um, because I have not been able to play about uh, play it yet. Yeah, I, I have played it. I have done a run-through. Um, you can, uh, you know, check that out. Just do a search for Rado Hunger, and you'll find it. Um, yeah, it, you're, you're entirely right. I mean, it, there's no getting around it. It is a reasonable thing to draw parallels between it and uh, Clank, which is particularly interesting because Clank is also published by um, Renegade Studios. Right. So, I mean, yes. I know when I first found my video up, there were a lot of people saying, hey, wait a minute, this is just a ripoff of Clank. And I'm like, okay, so you're saying they're ripping themselves off. Okay, I, I don't know that that really tracks, but let me bring up my uh, video of it. It is a game, it is a board game, where we are building a deck of cards that has, you know, that gives us the ability to move through the environment, and we're kind of overall pushing our luck, trying to travel deeper and deeper and deeper into the countryside, because greater riches await for us the further we go, the further away we move from our castle. And uh, like Clank, where there's the constant, ever-present 
menace of the dragon who might get us if we make too much noise. Here, the, the danger is the sun because there's only so much time before the sun will rise. And if we haven't made it back to the castle or at least the grounds around the castle, we will fry and get nothing. So how far do you push forward before you realize, you know, I got to turn around. Do you just stay? You, do you not risk anything and just try and stay and see if you can get lucky and catch some villagers um, for their blood because we are vampires, um, you know, you know, around and not even go deep at all. There's a lot of different strategies you can do. And really, I think people are going to ask, well, should I get this or Clank? Or if I have Clank, should I get this? First of all, if you have Clank and you love it, you will love this game. There's no two ways about it. I tend to think of this as a... This is almost kind of like a next step from Clank. Clank is a very, very almost gateway game. I mean, it's very easy to teach. Uh, hunger requires more. It, um, you know, it, there's there's more computation. There's uh, you know more complex rules to keep track of. So, like I said, it is more of a of a gamer game as opposed to kind of a gateway game. It also has a very very cool card drafting system for how you build your deck and um, how you thin your deck as well. Because I mean, one of the main things we want to get into our deck are all these villagers who have special powers, but also uh, have a lot of blood, which is our points. The problem. is is once we've gotten them and we've used them, they, um, I'm not quite sure what the story is. I tend to think of it as they've fallen under our thrall and they follow us around now. And so you have to, I mean, I just love the story. As you go deeper, you can imagine yourself as a vampire with a belly full of blood. You can barely move. You're so slow because all these villagers are now clogging up your deck. And um, so you have to find places you could drop them off. It's kind of like you're dropping them off on the way back um, home. And um, yeah, it's, it's it's a fast playing game. I would actually say the game takes less time to finish than Clank, and at the same time it is heavier and has more stuff going on, and a a broader mix of different mechanisms, and I think it's really, really clever. I mean, like I said, it's from designer Richard Garfield, you know, the the father of Magic the Gathering, so that really should come as no surprise, and again, if you like Clank, um, you know, you could call this, oh, this is Clank the Vampire game, but again, it's a very, it does the same stuff, but in a very different way with its own unique feel. If you want to know more, you can go watch my run through. I talk about this in the final thoughts, but a good choice, I would say, for yeah, uh, number I, ten, definitely. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to try this one. That's the hunger at our number ten. Yep. Uh, let's let's move on. That and by the way, this is part of the spring clean, uh, sale, folks. I mean, it, it's. I don't know if we're talking about prices and stuff, but it's mar- it's a pretty heavy discount. So check yes. it out, folks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, again, I mean, these discounts go, you know, even from like thirty to eighty percent off. Um, yeah. There are some definite savings, which I think is as good a segue as any into uh, my number nine, Okanagan. Um, Okanagan. Okay. And this is a game I have actually wanted to play for several years. Um, it's a tile lane game, you know, where players are, you know, building to a communal space, kind of, kind of Carcassonne, right? Um, mm-hmm. okay, noggin. But as you are placing these tiles out, rather than just putting meeples marking what it is that you uh, might want to do with them, let me see, hold on here, let me get them on screen. I should probably put it on screen, shouldn't I? Uh, rather than, um, you know, just, uh, putting meeples on screen, or, you know, to grab the road or whatever. You have these different things. You have a tower, you have, um, like, a log cabin, and I think you have a a third type of building. And what happens is, uh, you know, these things are a laying... Uh, you know, laying claim on the landscape that's being built up. Which, again, is, you know, kind of... There are no pictures of it on... um, Right. Shoot. Are there any pictures? Nope, there are not. So, let me just say right off the bat, $12.99. That's why this is on this list. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, there is no reason at, 
you know, at thirteen dollars, the the cost of a couple cups of coffee on your morning commute, not to give this a go. Um, and I've always been interested, but let's go on ahead and uh, take a look at it on Board Game Geek, right? Um, there'll be some pictures. Board Game Geek, yep. Okanagan. All right, there we go. Boom. And um, so the tile laying, you're 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 creating your know, forests and you know castly bits and all of that. But you know when you put your tiles down, um, if you if it's a building, you put it on a given space. So that gives you access to that space. If it's a, a log cabin, you put it on the line between two types of terrain. So you are laying claim to both two types of trains. And then the towers, you put it at the epicenter of three or more. So that tower is letting you grab onto three bits of terrain. And what this is ultimately doing is area control. Uh, because uh, you want to, uh, you know, once a given area gets completely enclosed, whether it's huge or small, everybody who has a foothold in there is going to get something. But whoever has the biggest foothold gets the lion's share of the rewards. And that's one of the things I really, really love. Jen and I, we're really not big on area control games usually. We don't want to say, ha, you work so hard and I'm stealing all that right out from underneath you with via area majority type stuff. But in this game, coming in first, that just means I get first dibs on the stuff. Now, maybe there wasn't much stuff in there, in which case I get everything, but if it's a big area, you're going to get some stuff too. And then the other thing that was really interesting to me, that is, if you don't win, if you don't get the lion's share of the stuff in the area that we were all vying for, you get access to these special power tiles. So everybody wins. As a Care Bear, that's what I want in my area majority area. I want an area majority where everybody's a winner. And that's yeah. what Okanagan gives. And I've looked through, actually, I watched Z Garcia's run-through or video review of this on the Dice Tower, and he liked it. And, I mean, the variety that comes from all these power tiles, it looks really, really cool to me. And, I mean, yeah, I just got to give this a go for, for 12... I, 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 we didn't say if we were going to talk about price, but I'm talking about price. Okanawan comes in at number nine because it looks great. I've wanted to try this for years because... Yeah. And area control for Care Bears? Yes, please. Yeah, that looks fantastic. I'd never heard of the game until right now when you revealed it. And for a couple of cups of coffee, I would totally you know, give that up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, on. totally. That, that's, that is dirt cheap. That's a great choice. Awesome. Well, thank you. Okay, let's go. Let's move on to my right. number. Number eight. Uh, our number um, eight. And I hope, oh, come on. Uh, our number eight is. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Number eight, come on now, is mm. Dinosaur World. Now, for those of you who join us for the pre-show, uh, when we go live on <laughs> Twitch every Tuesday, we were talking about this. And I'm going to bring back a little bit of that conversation. We're actually talking about Dinosaur Island mm -hmm. and how much I love Dinosaur Island, the roll and write, which is called Rar and Write. Uh, this is Dinosaur World, which is the next um, bit in this, uh, this world that they've created over uh, Pandasaurus Games. This is taking Dinosaur Island and expanding it even more. Um, so you have fans of Dinosaur Island, you'll see the very familiar worker placement. You're gathering DNA to create your dinosaurs. And hey, nothing will go wrong in a park full of dinosaurs, yep. right? It'll We've all be fine. That. 
it'll be fine. It'll be fine. What this does, though, it really um, it does create more of a sense of the park that you're creating because, as you can see, you have tiles. So you're going to be doing some tile placement, which the original game and the Roll and Write game do not. So mm. you're going to place tiles and create an actual park that will expand. And, you know, we, again, we're not talking about prices, but I'm going to talk about prices. This game <laughs> retails for $60. It's almost half off. And I've picked up this box in real life. Folks, it's like picking up a sack of bricks. I and mean, it is. <laughs> so heavy and it's got so many components it got it's got dinosaur meeples come yeah. on dino meeples it's got tiles it's got all the great components do the meeples uh, come with stickers dino um i think those are stickers i don't think or was that like a promo bonus sure. thing i'm not sure yeah, I'm not sure, but okay. I know that there are Dino Meeples in the game. Uh, if you've never played Dinosaur Island before, if you're a fan of Jurassic Park, I, it's a must. It's a must play. Um, I love Jurassic Park. I love now. I did enjoy Dinosaur Island, but I like the Roll and Write more. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking at Dinosaur World. This may be the one that really uh, hits every all the notes for me because I do like that tile placement um, aspect of the game, and that's why it's our number eight Dinosaur yeah. World. This was on my short list. And I figured it would be yeah. on your even shorter list. But yeah, if you weren't yeah. going to talk about it, I was. Um, Dinosaur Island is a, is a very, very good game. Really lots of clever, interesting ideas. It didn't quite um, you know, hit me and Jen as hard as I would have thought. And um, you know, what I've heard from some folks whose opinion I trust very much so, they have said, I'm going to love Dinosaur World. That all the, uh, the, uh, the, the things that didn't work for me and Jen about Dinosaur Island have been replaced, like you said, with tiling and, and other yes. bigger ideas. So, yeah, like I said, if, if it hadn't been on your list, it would have been on mine. Um, nice. Yeah, because that's a crazy, crazy price. Uh, yeah. Our number eight, um, Dinosaur <laughs> Uh, not 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 island. I was gonna say island. Dinosaur world. Dinosaur world. Right. Dinosaur world. Yep. Cool. 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 All right. Good call, sir. Well, then let's move on to number seven, and uh, this is one I know very very well. I've actually my wife and I spent quite a bit of time playing it uh, last year when uh, we got an early release copy of it. What is it, you ask? It's Adventures of Robin Hood, which oh, nice. I don't know. I don't know if you have played Adventures of Robin Hood, Ruel. Um, I have. Yeah, yeah, you have. Okay, yeah. Yes. Um, well, maybe you can just talk about it then. <laughs> well, I played the. Uh, uh, what I've done is I played the introductory scenario. Which okay. Does this? It does this really cool thing. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of Legends of Andor, where they don't really tell you. They don't give you like a rule book per se. They Correct. give you an introductory scenario to learn how to play it, which I think it was brilliant. And you, you dive right into the world, and you're using uh, the little pieces. It's almost like um. Gosh, how do you explain it? The little markers that you use uh, uh, signify different um, amounts of movement that you do. So you're going to move on that map and you're going to discover the different tiles. And it's almost like a little pop-up book where you like lift up the little tiles like, oh, this is uh, here now. And now we got to go find the section of the book that we read the narrative from. It's really well written. <laughs> that book alone... Right there, I I would put that on my shelf. That book oh my gosh, is so yes. nice. Yeah. And by the way, Beautiful I was just joking. You didn't have to do it. I was just, I didn't oh, okay. think you were actually going to do my job it. for me, but you can keep going. Um, <laughs> no, but no, I don't know what you've got no, coming. So I don't want to have to sign up for that. So yes, thank you for yeah. the intro. Yeah, I mean, the production quality on this game is phenomenal, which is why it's uh, so interesting that it is coming in at a very, very good price, considering what you get. This is a hardback... 
I, it's not leather, but it's kind of like a faux leather book with you know the ribbons and whatnot that you can keep in to play through. I forget. I think it's either a six or an eight chapter narrative campaign. And the real star of the show is the board. Uh, I, you know, like you said, it, it's not so much a pop up book. It's more like an advent calendar where That's there are all kinds of things hidden, strewn all over. Um, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Prince John's Castle and Sherwood Forest and all of that. And as you're going through the story events will happen that will say, hey, flip over card uh, 78, or, you know, tile 78, and you'll flip that over, and what is it? Oh, it's a, it's a bandit who's, you know, attacking a, a caravan, and so, and you know, and, and you deal with that, and um, eventually, it'll go away, and you flip it back over, and now there's nothing in that space anymore. But you now know that's a place where bandits might, um, you know, actually, we're the bandits in the game. We're Robin Hood, of course, so, uh, yeah, where, um, you know, where, 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 uh, where we have our people getting captured by the guards, and we know that's a place where that might happen in the future, because because um, you know, sometimes they're just guards. Sometimes they're rich, uh, terrible merchants who are just waiting to uh, make a donation to uh, the less fortunate among us. And um, so, th- uh, the book, as you're going through, is constantly having you flip these tiles up and down, on and off. So it's like the world is alive. Uh, like there's actually a timetable that you're living in. This is not a game where the world just sits in stasis, waiting for you to come along. You've got to respond to it, and it's so well done. I mean, you're talking talking about how it really just babies you into the game with a very almost video game like tutorial system and you know by the time you're in the second mission you pretty much know everything you need to know the the um the movement system is really great because your player token is represented by a little meeple that's you, but also these movement meeples that show how far you can move if you're willing to spend energy. And the more energy you spend, the more of these little meeples you get to put on and kind of position so that, oh, I want to turn tight around a corner and, and go as efficiently as I can, or I'm desperate to try to get from one bit of shadow to another bit of shadow. Because we're thieves. If we're caught out in the open bad things can happen to us. So we're always trying to stay in the shadows, and it's super clever. My wife and I, we played through the entire campaign when we had it last year. We enjoyed it so much. And, um, yeah, it's from designer-artist Michael Menzel, and in the past, Michael Menzel, as a designer-artist, made one of my top 100 games of all time, Legends of Andor. And now, that's a heavier game, more gamer. This is definitely more kind of family weight, although it does introduce a lot of really cool new ideas. As a hardened gamer like myself, I was like, wow, this is so cool! But, um, um, it's wonderful for families. Uh, you know, just uh, joy. I will recommend. Uh, some people are worried about, hey, if I'm constantly flipping these tiles, aren't isn't it going to get kind of beat up over time? What Jen, I found, Jen has nails. So she used her nails. It was no problem at all. Me, I used a butter knife. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so that, um, you know, we played through the whole thing, and I don't think you could tell that um, it still wasn't brand new. If uh, You don't have to treat it gently. You just have to, can't just like kind of paw at them. Um, you're, you'll do fine. I mean, I, I just mentioned this because a lot when I did my run through, a lot of people mentioned that. It looks like it'll just it'll self-implode. Um, nope, just use a butter knife or long fingernails, and you'll be totally fine with our number seven adventures of Robin Hood. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad this man on the list because it reminds me that I recently just got a copy of this and I re- I played the, the introductory mode actually over on the Dice Tower um, during the Autumn uh, Spectacular mm. last year and I got a copy. I recently got a copy because Michelle and I want to go through it uh, and it's just it, I'm glad to hear. I mean, I knew the components were excellent, but I'm glad to hear that it still looks new to you after going through the whole. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Yep. Nice. Good stuff. Awesome. And, Great call. and as I understand it, there is going to be expansion content coming for it. I think it's already been announced yep. for Germany, which means we will eventually get it in English as well. So I think the game, right. like and or before it, has a bright future. 
Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Great choice. And cool. let's move on to our number six. That was our number seven, Adventures of Robin Hood. Our number six, we recently talked about it on our top 100 games of all time, is Raiders of the North Sea. <laughs> Yeah. I had to put this on there here because, go. I mean, it's one of my favorites. But, again, the prices are almost ridiculous at Fun Again Games as far as, uh, you know, getting a quality game like this. Uh, it's a, a worker placement game uh, set in a Viking world. Again, one of our – we are both fans of Shem Phillips. Uh, yes. He created the North Sea world. Um, you are gathering your uh, members uh, to go raiding and pillaging and all the all the, uh, the fun stuff that Vikings do. As you can see there, the beautiful map. Uh, you're going to spend the uh, most of the game on the bottom half of that, saying your workers. Uh, you know, crafting, uh, getting resources, and then you're going to eventually float on over, cross the river there, and then go attack villages and uh, gain gold and victory points and all that stuff. This is a, a, a gateway game, but with the expansions, it goes, it really gets into a gateway plus, I feel. And uh, this one surprised me uh, two years ago when I, I, I was able to get my wife Michelle into it. You know, mm -hmm. she wasn't really into the theme, but the, the gameplay was so good and. We, we literally played it like a dozen times in like a couple of weeks. It was just one time after another. We really enjoyed it. And I love the the expansion content, especially I think it's the the first one, um, the the one that adds the Mead Hall and stuff. So that's why it's our number six, Raiders of the North Sea. Yeah, I have to admit, I was shocked. Shocked when I saw this was on a spring clearance sale. Because this is right. continues to be a hot game. It's gotten yeah. multiple expansions. I'm wondering if does this maybe mean that Raiders of Scythia, the heir apparent to the Raiders of the North Sea, I wonder if that's going to be getting more attention in the future and we're getting a yeah. sneak of what's to come. I mean, it's uh, it's yeah. it's brilliant. My wife's the same thing. She does not want to play a game where she spends her whole time in a Euro worker placement way killing a bunch of people, but she loved yeah. this one because the gameplay is so good. Yeah. Yeah. And um, now, yeah, I think that's, uh, I didn't even think about that. It's a great point. Like, are they going to start pushing Scythia rather than North Sea? Um, and, you know, Scythia is great as well, but what Scythia doesn't have is art by the Miko, right? The Miko mm -hmm. uh, does this mm -hmm. art here, which I know someone here is a big fan of. Oh, yes. Yes, very much so. Although, <laughs> I, I, several people have uh, corrected me. Uh, for, for folks who don't know, apparently it's not the Miko, even though it's spelled M I C O. It's supposed to be the oh. Micho. The Micho. The Micho. Yes. Okay, Micho. All right. Um, well, so that's is. something uh, that everybody should cool. be working for. Uh, unless, of course, I'm wrong, in which case folks can let me know. Because uh, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if I, I tend to get uh, Macedonian names uh, mispronounced just a little bit. But, uh, yeah, a, a great, great game. Good call. Good call. Yep. But let us move on from uh, number six to number five. And uh, I'm really kind of bummed that this didn't make it into our number seven slot because it's Seven Wonders Architects. Oh, nice. And that would have been absolutely wonderful Perfect. if it had happened, but it did not. But let me go on ahead and tell you all about it. Now, I suspect most people are familiar with Seven Wonders. I mean, uh, I believe it won the Spiel des Jahres. You know, it kind of put card drafting on the map as one of, and continues to be this day, one of the most common board game mechanisms or card game mechanisms we see today. And the weird thing that's always bugged me about Seven Wonders Architects is people always mention it in the same sentence as Ticket to Ride or Carcassonne's. Oh, yeah, Seven Wonders. That's a great gateway game. No! It's a terrible <laughs> gateway game. Who thinks that? Um, because, man, trying to sit somebody down to the table for the first time with a modern game and say, okay, here's your seven cards full of 5,000 icons, each one which functions completely differently. Go have fun. That's the, yeah. that's the antithesis of a gateway game. But not 
Seven Wonders Architects. Uh, this is very much, it's in the same universe. It has a lot of the same feel. We are racing to build wonders. We are, um, you know, have multi-use elements of the game and all that, but it is stripped down to the metal and incredibly fast playing. And this is the very definition of a gateway family game. Uh, this is a game I would play with my mom. This is a game I would play with my sister. This is a game I would play with my niece and nephew. And, um, they would all come back wanting a second game. How does it work? Well, um, it still borrows the idea that I care about what's happening to the player to my left and my right. Because between me and my neighbors is a deck of cards. And we can see what card is on the top of the deck. And when it comes to my turn, I'm either going to take the card at the top uh, between me and my neighbor to the left, or the card between me and my neighbor to the right. And then, um, it's face up, I know exactly what I'm going to get. Am I going to be getting military cards, trying to spur a war so I can get points? Am I going to try to do set collection with science? Am I just going to get straight-up culture points? Am I going to get the resources I need to build my wonder? Um... And if I don't like the card to my left or my right, there's a face-down deck in the center of the board, and I can just say, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and, and tempt fate and grab one of those. And it's so simple. It's incredibly fast-playing game. This game takes less than 20 minutes, pretty much no matter the player count. Um... Although, I, I should say, this is not like Seven Wonders are completely simultaneous. I mean, player, it do, you know, the turn order does go around the table, but it's so fast and so fun. And, I mean, it's just, it is just joy in a box. Very interactive. You constantly care about, okay, well, I really want to take this culture card because it's a five-point card. But if I t don't take that science card to my left, my neighbor is going to finish a science set, and that's going to be even huger. Okay, am I going to start doing science myself? How am I going to work this? It's full of simple, light, kind of Euro gateway decisions that make a player feel smart. It is a, it is on the light side, make no mistake, but oh my gosh, this is just about the perfect gateway game um, that just makes people say, wow, I didn't know board games could be about this. This is really interesting, and it's colorful, and it's fast, and it's easy to learn, and everybody gets a unique player power, depending on what ancient civilization they do every time. I, I think it's phenomenal, and if you'd like to know a little bit more about it, folks, you can go watch the run-through on the channel, which was done by Kimberly Tolson, who uh, is... I'm sorry, well, you are no longer the new kid on the block. Uh, Kimberly is the latest addition to the channel. She did an amazing run-through of this, yeah. um, and really brought it to life, and I think sh uh, shows it to good effect. So, definitely Definitely do a search for Rado Seven Wonders Architects and uh, watch Kim show you just how much fun our number five can be. That is Seven yeah. Wonders Architects. Fantastic choice. And I'm so glad you brought up that whole is Seven Wonders a gateway game mm -hmm. or not? Because it, it is, and I totally agree it's not. Because how many times have you tried to explain the whole science thing? To oh my gosh. Gamer? Like, it's not happening. Yeah. You know? And what they did with Seven Wonders Architects was brilliant. Uh, they stripped it down to the core experience, and I absolutely adore this game. And again, like you said, Kimberly, her uh, run-through was perfect. And, you know, one thing, just uh, component-wise, I just think it's neat that you're actually building the, you know, the wonder yes. in front of you. I it's not abstract nice at all. You actually are making yeah. the pyramid, or the Colossus of yeah. Rhodes, or whatever, and it's broken into... Yeah, that's a really good point, too. There's kind of a fun toy factor to it, also. Totally. All right. Great choice. All right. And let's move on to something a little heavier on okay. the spectrum here. Our number four mm -hmm. is Brass Lancashire. Yep. I have... Here's the thing. I have not played this game. I have played Brass Birmingham many, many, many times. It's in my top ten of all time. It's a Martin Wallace game. It 
burns my brain every time I play it. But I've heard that uh, there's certain people that think Blankershire is actually the better game. Uh, so both of these have spawned from the original Brass by Martin Wallace. But as you can see here, Roxley has you know updated it, uh, new rules, and just beautiful artwork. I mean, it's, it really captures that industrial age. Um, it is a pick up and deliver game. Well, I actually no. Uh, I think we had this conversation. We before, did have this argument was, in a previous what? extended edition of the R and R show. Of what That's is right. pick so, up and deliver? Yeah, what is pick up and deliver? But in this case, what you're doing, you are creating new industries uh, at the turn of the century here, and you've got to try to connect them to create them, connect the goods that are required to build those. Uh, and I think Lancashire, do, do they do the same thing as far as like two different ages that you're going to work yes. in, like the rail? Uh, the, so you uh, said you no, haven't played this the, yet, right? No, I've only played Let me return the favor. You stepped in on mine, I'll yes, step in please. on yours. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is widely considered to be Martin Wallace's masterpiece. And that's saying something, because right. man has a lot of masterpieces under his belt. And it's interesting you say, originally, um, yeah, uh, Brass Lancashire was just what Brass was called. And a few years ago, we had a beautiful, one of the most gorgeous-looking Euros of the last five years reprint of, and became Brass Lancashire, and then there was a spin-off called Brass Birmingham. Now, Brass Birmingham is the newer, the hot one, because it added new features like um, you know, uh, beer brewing, in addition beer. to yeah. all the textile making and the coal manufacturing that we were doing in the original game. Um, and so I, I think there's, there's a lot of, oh, Birmingham's the one to get. I would say no, because Lancashire is... Uh, a more pure, stripped-down, um, you know, economic engine without a lot of extra fluff. Now, I will say it is the more challenging game because it's a bit less forgiving. Birmingham is a game that is... It's, it's odd. At one time... It's more complex, there's more rules to manage, but it's also more forgiving on a new player. So really, either one is great. Lancashire is the one I personally would choose to own because I like the greater challenge. And the challenge is trying to build routes between cities all throughout industrial era England. Um, and the crux of the game has always been the synergy between players. Because as soon as I lay down track, everybody's using that track. As soon as I make a coal-producing plant, there is a feeding frenzy trying to grab all of my coal so that other people can, um, you know, spur their industry. And you might think, oh, that sounds like it's really cutthroat. No. I built that coal mine there, or that coal plant there, because I knew it was in a perfect place where everybody else would want my coal. This is not a zero-sum economic simulation where everything must be done at the expense of your opponent. In this game, it is all about everybody um, you know, taking advantage of the opportunities we're all giving to each other as our industry grows. And like you said, in the first half of the game, we are literally shipping stuff around on canals. That's what's shown in the picture here. But then, once we hit a certain threshold... We um, flip all those uh, canals into rail lines, and now we're building rail, and that represents a huge increase in the amount of work that can be done, the throughput, that is historically accurate. So, I mean, there's a yeah. lot going on. There's, you know, trade with uh, spaces overseas, and, you know, just the overall presentation of this game, it is, it's interesting. It's kind of grim and grimy, because, you know, it's, it's the er yeah. early era of industrialization in England. But it's also gorgeous somehow at the right? same time. It is yeah. absolutely incredible. And it, again, this one was on my shortlist. If, if you hadn't been talking about it, nice. I would have been talking about today the number four yeah. Brass Lancashire. 
Brass Lancashire, yeah. And again, it's uh, the reason I'm, I'm so happy to see this again because it, it's gone out of print a couple of times. You know, it's hard to get this mm -hmm. game, but Fun Again got, uh, you know, they, they have stock in stock now, and it's again dirt cheap for what it is. I yeah. Mean, I've seen, you know, the the game itself. It's it's Roxley, so you know, it's, uh, the components are top notch. So. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, of everything we're going to talk about today, if you're watching this show tomorrow, that one is the one that I think has the highest likelihood of being sold out. <laughs> we're sorry, future viewers. Um, you oh, said we well. were live on Tuesday when we streamed <laughs> on Twitch, uh, but you know, you, I mean, can't be everywhere. I'm sure everybody had stuff to do, so that's that's okay. That's okay. No um, okay. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. All right, number four, Brass Lancashire. Um, no, that is a classic Euro game, all about you know building up industry and um, all that. Let's talk about a more recent Euro hit, um, a big, uh, a, a very very popular game from last year. Number three on the list is Origins: First Builders, um, nice. which is when I saw this on the list, I was okay. Is this going to be my number one? Or is it going to be my number two or my number three? I'm not quite sure, uh, but I knew I had to talk about it. Uh, again, and if you want to know more about it, folks, you can actually go watch my run-through of it. It is out there. But let me go on ahead and show it to you on uh, the Fun Again page, where uh, it is you know, marked down 40% <laughs> from MSRP, so that is a great deal. And this is a fantastic game from a very hot, new, up-and-coming designer, Adam Kapinski. And it's interesting. I mean, Adam Kapinski is more known for uh, kind of Ameritrashy, you know, dudes-on-a-map-style games. Uh, and I, wasn't, I didn't know what to expect going into this, but this is one of the best pure Euro economic simulations we had from last year. And there's so much I love about it. I love the story this game tells. Uh, because it tells the secret origin of humanity's ascent. Because it turns out, we had a little help from aliens. And so, you, you go back, oh, we're in the era of antiquities, we're trying to build the great wonders and all that, but on the table are these cool little plastic flying saucers that represent the aliens. And um, we have to decide... How are we going to deploy our workers? Um, we have workers who have specialized in communication with the different aliens, so we can get bonuses if we send them there. But sometimes we need to so be inefficient and use them elsewhere. Uh, but we're uh, basically activating these aliens that give us the uh, the means with to build um, wonders, to uh, you know do a lot of interesting tiling, to do a lot of engine building, to do a lot of set collection. This game has five or six different paths to victory, and they're all equally impressive. Are you going to invest in coliseums and entertaining your people? Are you going to invest in science that the aliens can teach us? And um, all of this is driven by workers and dice worker placement. Uh, one of my favorite things about it is that you unlock more workers by getting these cool little dice caddies that go on them, and then um, you know the dice themselves represent our experienced workers who we have to send out, because the aliens won't just talk to everybody. If the aliens are feeling a little haughty, you got to send one of your best workers out there. But your best workers really go to that action that I don't want to do, but that action I could send one of my crappy workers to. So it's a very interesting take on worker placement. It's dice worker placement, where the dice color and the dice pip both have different meanings, and you constantly have to juggle what is the smartest move to make. But then, of course, you're also um, devoting your dice to full-time running of your society, and so you're getting rid of them over time. And um, there's a lot of really interesting, fun balancing going on in our number three, Origins First Builders. Yeah. Okay. I am really looking forward to playing this game. I recently just got a copy of this as well. Mm. Um, but three words, dice, worker placement. I'm all yep, in. Yep. That's, that's all I got to say. And it's a great price. Awesome. Nice uh, number three. Let's move on to our number two, which is... Um, ah, 
Come on. There you is. can do it. Number two. I can do it. Number two, it's a favorite of mine. It is Viticulture, the Tuscany Essential Edition. I knew there was and no way you weren't putting that on your list. Yeah, there was, this was an automatic for me. I absolutely love Viticulture. I mean, just the theme. It's a pleasant, you know, hey, you're running a winery and all the things that go with that. But Tuscany, what this does is, as great as Viticulture is, Tuscany takes it to the next level. Before we go any farther, we should map. say, this is an expansion. Viticulture is yes, required this to is play. an expansion. Yep, yep. That's right. And that's why I wanted to highlight it, too, because this expansion, folks, doesn't really go on sale much. And, but it is on sale now at Fun Again Games. As you can see there, it replaces the original map. It's still got the same worker placement, but now you've got a couple of more things you can do. And instead of having two seasons, you're going to actually do all four seasons this time now. Mm. You're going to do um, you know, different actions for e um, each season. Uh, you have a little bit of area control in that map, which also gives you resources, which you can use. It brings in special workers. So in the original Viticulture Essential Edition, the brilliant part of that game was the, the grande worker, right? Yeah. That big worker that can go on any spot. Well, this still has a grande worker, but now has special workers that have different abilities and you can change it up from game to game either randomly or you can choose you know certain workers which i love and then you know you're gonna um you also have buildings that you can attach to your winery it just it's, it's one of those expansions richard that i just love because it makes the base game better without yeah. throwing a bunch of new things at you it's new things that make sense within within the game that's really easy to implement and it's just again it's a top 10 game of mine of all time our number two, Viticulture with the Tuscany Essential Edition. Yeah, and that's not hyperbole. Um, that is truth in advertising. This, I think most people agree. Yeah, Tuscany is really cool. There's a lot... I, I'm sorry, not Tuscany. Viticulture is really cool. I mean, it's kind of what put Stonemaier Games on the map and, you know, Rock Them right. Sorry. It's still one of the highest ranked games on Board Game Geek. But it's not until you get the Tuscany expansion, um, which adds all these different modules and so much depth and breadth to the game uh, and a lot more strategy of to it as well that the game really sings so yeah uh yep i did i knew i didn't even have to think about that because i knew there was no way you weren't putting that on your yeah, list you know how much i love that game oh yeah, yeah totally automatic. totally totally yeah. um all right not as much as i love our number one game though uh ruel i was flabbergasted when corrosion came across my line of sight on this super yep. sale uh corrosion made my top 10 games of 2021 it is absolutely phenomenal. It is one of the coolest engine-building games you are ever likely to see because of everything it does. I mean, I feel like I've had a slow-moving love affair with Corrosion on this show going yeah. back until before Essen. It was like, I was so excited with Essen Spiel, and then I think yeah. it came up in another top ten, and so here it is again. And uh, it is... Uh, you know, for a really, really great price on this spring clearance. Uh, there's no way I wouldn't. This wouldn't be my number one must get on on of all the of all 400 things that are available. Um, and it is because, like I said, it is engine builder, and I love engine building games. I think a lot of people do, but this one does a lot of really cool game changing ideas. The, the key to the game is in the title, Corrosion. This is set in a steampunk era of industrial world. Although there's really not any... It's just... You know, it's only steampunk in that there's a lot of steam everywhere. It's steam everywhere. <laughs> and it's corroding everything. It corrodes our money. It corrodes our engines, our machines. Um, and what we're constantly having to do in this game is deal with the passage of time. Because every player has a board, and at the center of the board is a little spinning dial. 
which um, the more the more it spins to the right, that represents more shifts in my factory. And it's interesting. There's a lot of games, or not a lot. There's not as many as I would like, but I love games that have the passage of time being a resource that you have to manipulate, that you have to pay attention. Right? Okay, in two rounds, I know this is going to be over here, and I have to prepare for it, and this is how much time I've gotten, and, and you're constantly like spinning all those plates. This game is interesting in that the wheel that represents the passage of time doesn't turn automatically. It only turns if you say it does. It only say if, uh, if you say, okay, we're going to the next shift, we rotate it, and what will happen is when I rotate that wheel... Um, good things and bad things can happen. Some engines will only activate when I rotate the wheel. So unless I start rotating the wheel, my engine is sitting there doing nothing. Other engines won't activate at all, they're generally more powerful, until the wheel eventually reaches them. So I want to get the wheel over there as fast as I can. Um, now I also, this is a, it's a, there's a bit of deck building in this game too, all of our engineers that we can hire, that we can send out to our factory to do different things. And once I played my engineer, they don't come back into my hand until the wheel rotates so that they can they can end their shift and they can come back into my hand so I can play them again. So there are a lot of things that incentivize me to be rotating this wheel like crazy. The thing that um, disincentivizes me is it also destroys everything. Because when <laughs> yeah. it eventually gets to... I mean, it's great when it gets to the engineers. They come back to work. When it gets to my engines, they're dead. They're toast. They're, they're, they're finished. They're kaput. And I lose them. I mean, they literally crowed away to nothing. If I haven't found a way to spend my money that is stockpiling, uh, my money will literally corrode away to nothing. Unless... I can make sweet, sweet chrome um, engines and chrome money that will survive. So that can be one of the things you're shooting for, trying to build an engine that gets you towards chrome. But you could also be building engines that just try to meet short-term or mid-term or long-term objectives. There's a very, very cool objective card system that is quite unlike anything else I've ever seen before. And um, it's interesting. I, I, I love this game. Like I said, it made my top 10 of the year. It does so many cool things. I love engine building. I have seen some people worried or complained that they played and said, yeah, I, you know, I played it two players and it took us four hours and we didn't even finish. We gave up. There's a, there's, oh, wow. if, you, if you're at all interested in this game, I just want to repeat this. I can't repeat it enough. Remember, everything else I said, put it aside. This is a race game. If there is one player who is pushing time forward so they can get the most they can, even if it means they're going to corrode their factory to the ground if they are moving fast and you'll grab this is a game about grabbing that bird in the hand no time for the birds in the bush um, if you're doing that if every because everybody has control over that wheel there are tricks you can do to stave off the passage of time and if you want to you can just kind of get yourself into a loop where oh, I'm just going to keep making engines so that I can make more engines so that I can make a cooler engine so that I can make a better engine but to what end? At some point, you have to actually get something out of these. And to do that, you have to sacrifice this stuff. So if you go in with the right mindset, you are going to have a blast. If you love fast-playing, race-focused engine-building games, or racing-focused engine games, I should say, uh, which is why Corrosion makes the number one spot. Yeah, I, I another one that I'm looking forward to. I had a feeling of your the, the, this one and Origins. I figured those two are a lock for you. Yeah, so yeah. nice to see it. And yeah, it's been nice to see your love for a corrosion grow throughout the R and R show. <laughs> it has. Here it is now on sale. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Okay. Great. Well, folks, that is it. We have finished another episode. Uh, hopefully, uh, you may have found something interesting uh, amongst all of that. Uh, business, but the important thing is, did you hear Ruel or myself say the secret word sister? Uh, was there a mention to Twisted Sister? Uh, did somebody say they're not going to take it? 
No, they're not going to take it. They're not going to take it anymore. If in fact that happened, do not tell us about the song that was sung. Instead, what game were we talking about at that time? Send the name of the game to contest at rotto.com and maybe you will win the $50 gift certificate. We will be doing a drawing for that a week from now. So you basically have until March 29th, 2022 to find... And uh, uh, spoiler, there's no secret. There's no Twisted Sister reference. I just couldn't help myself. Um, there's, there were other uses for the word. And um, yeah, see if you can spot it. Send in to contestraw.com. Maybe you'll be the big winner. We'll do our drawing next week. And I think that's it, Ruel. Are we out of here? I, I think we're out of here. We have done our ob- obligatory reference to a song from 30, 40 years ago. So I yes. think we're good to go. My that's how you know the show is over. When we start showing yeah. our age in the worst possible way. Um, yes. Cool. Okay, well, uh, thank you once again, Farewell, for um, you know, bringing the goods. Thank you, folks, for watching. And um, thanks to folks who are watching live right now. We're about to go into the post show where we're going to talk about a bunch more games from this list. Remember, folks, hit that eye up in the top right corner of the screen if you'd like to watch the full, unadulterated, unedited um, director's cut of the R&R show. But otherwise, in closing, I'd also like to say thanks very much to our sponsor, Fun Again Games. Have a very nice day, everybody. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, bye bye.